1: All right, welcome to the Utah Puck Report. I'm your host Jay Stevens. Here along with my side, <laughs> hey, it's Gary Michaels, the trusty, trusty co-host, other <laughs> host, the wealth of knowledge, wealth. Uh, today we've got an awesome, uh, awesome interview today. Yes, Chris Joswick from Brian's Custom Sports. Chris, how are you?
0: Hey guys, thanks for having me.
1: Uh, so, Chris is a pro rep. For a goalie manufacturer, uh, or a manufacturer of goalie equipment called Brian's. That's what I wear. Is that what you wear? Yeah, it is actually. That's, and I've, I've worn them. I've worked for them. Uh, literally from the time I was, when I started hockey, when I was 15 years old, the first set of pads I got were uh, these brown Coopers that were terrible. And then when I went to, uh, I went to Shattuck St. Mary's, they were like, These, this was not going to work. They made a phone <laughs> call to an equipment manager, and uh, the equipment manager with, was with the Salt Lake Golden Eagles at the time. His name was Brian Pataffee. He hooked me up with a pair of uh, Bryans that were for, uh, I want to say, Sean Burke after yeah. the Olympics. And I've been in Bryans ever since. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I love them. So, Chris, I, I just want to – man, we've got so much to cover, and I have a feeling this is going to be one of those weird episodes that gets – a ton of uh, downloads off goalie gear sluts because we're going to talk about equipment and hockey, all hockey players love equipment. Yes. And it's, it's one of the weirdest things. All hockey players love equipment, but goalies are insane over gear. Mm-hmm. Chris, do you have any, do you have any idea how many members of goalie gear sluts there are?
0: Oh, I don't know. It's probably like 30,000 or something like that. Yeah. Right? Or-
1: i think it's I think it's thirty fifty i'm gonna have to check i'll check while we're talking, but so Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself uh where are you from uh Where did you play, and how did you get into being a uh, professional rep?
0: yeah, sure um well, I grew up in the metro Detroit area, so I played you know hockey in the metro Detroit area for you know little Caesars teams and all that uh growing up, always a goalie, obviously, and you know the funny thing is when I was a kid eight or nine years old, I was you know big into art and always drawing goalie pads and coming up with my own designs so you know it's kind of funny that you know fast forward i'm 33 now and i still do the same thing for my job so that's that's a pretty cool little thing that i always think back at you know where when i was sitting in first grade i'm doodling goalie pads and and now i'm sitting at my desk in my office doing the same thing wow
1: that's awesome
0: um, that is cool yeah so uh growing up and then uh you know I, I played hockey at oakland university and then i transferred um that was i was going to school uh commuting there because the school is only 20 minutes away won a club championship for oakland and then my buddy and i transferred to davenport university which is based in grand rapids on the other side of the state and uh finished my college over there did Sports marketing is my, uh, you know, my major, um, business major. And uh, won two more uh, national championships at the club level over there. Um, You know, finished as, uh, you know, MVP and all that. So it was a fun little thing where, you know, I I always wanted to be, you know, playing a lot of games, being a starter, not really riding the bench. So I got a lot of opportunities of that. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't change that. Released it, and the the best thing about what I did was our goalie coach at Davenport was uh, one of the Bandits uh, co-owners, uh, Joe Messina, oh,
1: and okay. they
0: they were real they were real tight with uh, Brian's because at the time Graham, who is our business manager, was looking for someone to kind of you know bring in at the grassroots level and um, just kind of be you know a runner and just go to all these goalie schools and, and store events and not be an official rep, just be more like a tech rep and just really market the brand because, you know, this is 10 years ago. This will be my 10th year. And at the time, like, Brian's just wasn't very cool. I would right. say, we, had, you know, still the craftsmanship and, and, you know, the customability was bar none, you know, is unmatched. But the difference, you know, 10 years ago – compared to today i would say is the coolness factor i think that you know you look at instagram and all the the pictures of gear we post and all the unique designs and and you know we're we're considered cool now and a lot of that has is thanks to you know graham and his visionary you know mindset to bring guys like me along and everything else right and through a lot of mileage and grindage and and all that we kept working Um and then um there wasn't a pro rep job for me or anything like that at the time. Um I did my summer I would say it was like an internship and then I went back and played a little hockey and which is similar to like right now like the federal league, so real um low level semi pro and it was just kinda to get my feet wet, kill some time until, you know, an opportunity came. Um, because I was pretty confident something was going to happen with Brian at some point. I just didn't know when. Um, And then in December, I tore my groin pretty bad. I was out, and, you know, a couple weeks later, I get a call from Graham saying, hey, um, our pro rep's been relieved from his position, and we'd like to, you know, put you into that role. Um, You know, could you jump on board full-time? And I said, yeah, perfect. So it worked out really well. And throughout time, I've just picked up more roles and more roles because, you know, for the last, you know, for five or six of those years, I was really the only younger guy there. Now we have a few new guys um, that are in big roles, but I've just taken on new roles, taken on new roles. So, you know, as much as I'm a pro rep, I also um, am a main liaison for a lot of our major retailers. Um, I do all our social media and that was another thing when I first started was there was no brands with, like, a Facebook page posting, right. you know, gear pictures. Um, so we were the first one to do that, and we're still a leader, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, uh, you know, my, probably my biggest thing that I'm really into is being into product development. A lot of the, you know, ideas and, and innovations on our gear, um, you know, comes from Rio, our main designer, But a lot of it also comes from me and from, you know, the other couple guys in our management group. So that's where Brian's is really unique, where, you know, we we don't close ourselves off to, you know, one designer and hype him up and all that. I mean, Rio stays real low key. Um, He doesn't want to be put in the limelight. He doesn't need the credibility or credit. Um, And then we just work as a team. So, you know, on a daily basis I spend, you know, probably two hours a day you know, working with him, picking his brain, and and you know him picking mine, and when we do new designs, we'll just you know, I'll sketch out probably you know two hundred different designs and let him kind of go off that. So wow, we work really well together, and and uh, yeah, that's probably my biggest you know thing that I'm really into, and and that, I, I've said it on you know other interviews too. Like you know that's where the you know a lot of the other pro reps in the industry are a little envious of me, I would say because. You know, I do have that ability to, um, you know, chime in and direct where the product is, product is heading because, you know, the guys realize. I mean, you know, being in front of all the people on social media and seeing all the direct messages and all the things on GGSU and so forth. But also, you know, like today I was down at the uh, Little Caesars Arena where the Red Wings play. I had uh, Nielsen and, and Anderson in from Ottawa. It's like you know I'm I'm hearing their comments and they're, they're right. loving this stuff and you're in and the trenches and you're getting all, all the feedback yeah. yeah yeah so so it's awesome I mean from all levels and I I don't like to be one of those guys that oh pro is all that matters or anything arrogant like that I think that your bread and butter has to be you know like you guys like you know guys that really care about their equipment you know love the game and you know you don't need to be you know an NHLer. You know, to get respect from Brian's, we just we like guys that really love our stuff and and are loyal to our brand. So that's that's most important to us. So, so it, yeah, that's basically it. I want you that's to take. Me, I, want how you, I, got started.
1: I want you to take me back a little bit. So we yep. you jump through ten years there. Take when you first started with Brian's. Tell me what what models were they putting out right then? Do you remember?
0: Yep. Uh, so we were yeah, of course. Um, they were just kind of uh, when I was coming in. They were completing, I would say, the first half of the cycle, the Zero-G. Okay. So it was like nine months into the Zero-G, which at the time, the whole point of the Zero-G line was to have the lightest pad on the market because Graham thought that was a way for Brian's to make a statement. And the unique thing with Brian's is they have a relationship, our owner at the time, Don Wickens, He also owned a company called Lakeview Foams and Plastics. So we had a unique position in the industry where we could take the best foams possible, put them in a goalie pad, and really, you know, it'd be the lightest. It would be the most durable. It wouldn't break down at the time. A lot of pads were pillowing out. Um, You weren't getting a very consistent goal pad 10 years ago. Um, And you would have never heard of a pad in the four to five and a half pound range so um, that was the pad that they had on the market at the time the issue with that pad was it was almost like a brick um, people weren't used to going from like a DX2 stuffed layered foam pad into this thing that was pretty much an engineered plastic wow. core foam core that would just be too rigid to them so it was a great little line and, and it really put Brian's back on the map um, but at the time, again, they you know they only had one or two pros and right. Um, I think you know, know, I was the pro decent. rep then. <laughs> I honestly think well, I think no, I was no, the pro right rep before then. No, the Scott, Scotty McKay was the. Oh pro right, rep right, right. Okay, so you would have been right before him. So well, I think Scotty and I had different parts of the territory. The yeah. yeah, yeah. You would have been shown mostly the thief, the deer, yeah, and yep, then yep. you were kind of phasing out. Yeah, right You're around right. The, the zero G time. Yeah, so
1: I remember getting um, a set of zero Gs. When I was still working for the company, so they they that might have been the t- about the time I left, and I and, yeah, and-, and you're right, we only had so, at I like at the peak of me being a pro rep, I'm trying to remember who I know I had Jason Bacashua because he was, uh, he was drafted by Dallas and he was here in yep. Utah, and he was yep. so hard to work with, so like he was still using a glove that he it was four years old and he would just have it like. A little bit of it reskinned, but not much. Like he was so hard to deal with, and then I had Ray Emery, who was unique also. And then I'm sure uh, you've heard stories about Tim Thomas. As far as (laughs) yeah, he was. I've dealt with him too. Okay, so I I mean, and I've got a story about Tim Thomas, and you've probably heard the story about. So one of the cool things about Brian's and. One of the hard things about when I was Brian's rep, we were the only guys that would walk into an NHL locker room and not have a checkbook. Everybody else, I was, right. I was battling against Reebok and Nike, and you know Nike was Bauer. They'd walk in, and if you're a starting NHL goaltender, and they'd be like, hey, 100 grand if you wear our gear. That's what Reebok was throwing around at the time. Yes. It was ridiculous. That's crazy. And I was like, I, get, I gave uh, a $2,500 gift card to the Bass Pro Shop. That's what we gave to yeah. Tim Thomas, and then he yep. he wore our stuff for a minute, switched out of it, lost the pro the gift card, <laughs> and called Karen at Brian's, and uh, was like, "Hey, I lost that gift card. Can you guys get me another one?" <laughs>
0: Valuable. Have you heard that story? No, I have not. That's the first time I heard
1: it. Yeah, no, that was not cool, man. Because I, I was like, I was really upset because twenty five hundred bucks for Brian's at the time, with only oh, a couple of pros, yeah. was huge.
0: It still. It's Still a lot. Right,
1: right, right. You know, but that's, I mean, know. that's why Reebok and all those guys were having troubles. How, how do you know when you're a goalie that you need new equipment? Because obviously it's
0: expensive to be the goalie. You know, it's like the parent's worst nightmare. Your kid's like, hey, I want to be the goalie. Well, no. Because <laughs> it's, you know, pricey. But how do you know when it's time to move on to new equipment? Well, I think it's, it's different at every level. I think mm-hmm. for kids, you know, it's simply when they outgrow this stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. once your knee stops hitting that, you know, center of the knee block and it starts moving on up and about to fall off, I mean, you're just hindering your performance, your protection, and it's just time that you've outgrown those pads, you know, and and that comes uh, issue of safety and, and performance. I mean, You know, hockey is an expensive sport, and I feel for the parents. I mean, I have a daughter now, and I'm about to have a son in August, so I'm expecting one of them to be a hockey player. (laughs) But I feel for it, but, you know, at the same time, like if you're going to make the investment to pay the ice bills and everything else, you have to keep up with the equipment, and there's avenues, you know, on GGSU or eBay or anything. There's great ways to find cheap used gear or even, you know, we have a low-level... uh, entry-level net-zero line that's affordable. There's ways to get new gear. Um, You know, just saying you can't afford it is kind of laziness because, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going to play the position of goalie, you're putting a lot of force on your knees, your hips. You have to have gear that fits. And then for adults, you know, for guys like you, it's just, I think you get to a point where you're really feeling shots or everything's falling apart. And that's at your discretion. I mean, it's whenever you really think you need to, you know, pony up and pay the bill, you know, and, <laughs> and get new stuff. For Jay, you know, he thinks that's every year. And, <laughs> <laughs> colors, So that's, that's a different story than most. Oh, but, uh, you know, oh. like traditionally, I mean, myself, I go through a new set every season. But I'm also testing the new line. I'll get it probably early September. And, you know, the stuff will come out in November, after, October, November. So I get about a, two good months where I can really get a good feel for it, know how the product plays and all that. But really, I could probably go, you know, at least four – I'm not practicing or anything, so I could at least go four or five years with a set if I wanted. But, you know, at well, and least that's, uh, I, don't, I don't have to worry about that. So.
1: That's another thing about yeah. the – and why you pay more and get – the right brands and i mean i this episode isn't just totally to pump brian's it's just to talk about gear and i'm sure everybody stepped up their game but for me as a civil servant and yeah i do like to get new gear quite frequently (laughs) and i do like to make i get the same color every every year i get silver purple for my weaver throw back to weaver state you know and but although i didn't have silver purple (laughs) when i played at (laughs) weaver state but uh You pay more money and they, this equipment will last you a lot longer. And my last set I had for almost five years and I do practice a lot. Like I still am the e-bug for the Grizzlies. So there, there were times, I mean, I was on, at one point I was on the Grizzlies for almost two straight months, which wasn't good for them, but I mean, it was, it was good (laughs) for me. I practiced every day and, and the gear held up and then it held up for a couple of years after that. And that's, I mean, that's a lot of wear and tear on gear. But it's made so much better now, and that those foams and the stitching and everything just holds it better, holds together better. And for me, I found a new way to make my pads last longer was I replace all the strapping every couple of years, and like I'm just getting ready to do that now on the set that I have. And I can't, for the life of me, I can't think of what mine are called right now. But ah, uh, uh, I'm, I'm blanking out on this on the set that I'm using right now. I'm in genetics. I'm
0: the optics. I'm the optic. Oh yeah, I'm in
1: optics. That's right, I'm in optics. Nice. So and I'm just yeah. Kidding. So, I
0: mean that's that's the beauty is on the, like those optics. I mean they are all elastic based, you know, with Velcro smart straps. Yeah. Which the Velcro holds up, but you know, with anything, elastic's going to kind of stretch out. But you could literally replace all those straps in you know two minutes. Yeah, and, and it's fifty bucks. That are thrown into the pad, you're you know you're pretty much screwed. Right. So, uh, yeah, and I mean going to the you know how well gear is built. It really is. I mean, the biggest difference, I'd say, is, you know, we're one of the last. And I'm not just trying to pump Brian's either. You know, Vaughn, for example, they're they're another one that's North American built. Um, You know, the problem is you're seeing a lot of the manufacturers out there, and they're building the gear overseas in China, you know, and Mm -hmm. Vietnam and all those places. The tough thing with that is, first of all, they're they're using lower-grade materials because they're trying to cut costs. But the people that are building the gear there, they're at the lowest, you know, part of the totem pole, I would say. Like, you know, in China, they want to, you know, the high, you know, the high-grade people want to build iPhones, electronics, and so forth. Goalie equipment, they, they don't even know what goalie equipment is. so right. they, they don't know how it's supposed to feel. This could be their first day in the job. You know, there's a quick transition of, of job movement there, where our factory, you look and... It's the same people that have been there for the last 15, 20 years. You know, 60% of them are goalies. The other, you know, 40 are probably goalie moms. So everyone knows the sport. They know how the gear is supposed to be made. And you're getting the same people building the pro gear building yours. So, for example, Sean is our glove lacer. He laces every single glove. And how you lace a glove actually dictates like you know the perimeter and everything that dictates how that glove feels and how it's going to break in yep. so it's a pivotal role and if he's not there one day not one glove gets made so he actually takes uh-huh. like a religious holiday for two weeks and we don't make one glove during that time so uh, whether you're that's joe Mo or uh-huh. lot, so <laughs> that's a role that like if you go into a shop and you put on you know i'm not going to name names but you put on a brand every glove is going to feel differently. It's not going to have the same consistency. You might get a great one, but you might get a lemon. So that's the difference where all of our gloves, we take pride. Sean inspects every single glove. He beats them with a baseball bat. He puts them in the oven, puts them on the breaking machine. Every glove is going to feel money when it comes out of the factory because, you know, he's the one that handled it and took care of it. Whether you're, you know, a beer league guy or an NHL is so, that's the difference that I don't think you see with many of the other brands, right? Um, and, and and that's where yeah, where you're saying it lasts longer and all that. Yeah, the tees aren't going to fold in as easy. You know, you're going to get less wear because it's built at the highest quality of craftsmanship. So
1: yeah. So talk to me a little bit too about the changes over the path of your career. You, you talked, you've touched on social media, and that was not a thing when I was a pro rep. And man, the internet was barely a thing. I I know it was only however many years ago, (laughs) but I mean, I had to fly to each like, or drive from store to store to store all over, you know, the Western us to, you know, make my dollar and now you can email pictures or I can send pictures on the phone or whatever. But so there's that. And you talked about instant feedback from, um, everybody you know, the thir- I just looked it up, 33,000 people on, on goalie Gear slots, 33,000 goalies, and they're not shy about uh, if they, they feel like they get wronged by a piece of equipment. They <laughs> throw the whole company under the bus right away. right? So how has that changed? How at the beginning of your career, how did you treat that to now? Like you obviously you have to react differently, and do you guys actually have like policies on how you handle this stuff?
0: Uh, no, not really, which is kinda funny. It's just kinda <laughs> you know, by by the whim. But uh yeah, and I mean just if you take a look at our Instagram, we have like sixty six point you know, like roughly almost almost sixty seven thousand um, users on our on our Brian's Instagram account too. So you're talking a lot of goalies, a lot of goalie parents. I mean, it's really a niche market. So you're not really getting hockey fans or, you know, any of that on our page. It's literally all goalies or the goalie community or, you know, the girlfriend of a goalie so forth. So it really, you know, where 10 years ago we we're getting like one message a week. You know, today I'd say, you know, we had 30 DMs on Instagram and, and you know, I'm getting tagged on all kinds of stuff on the goalie oh, page. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like, for me, it, it's a good way to pass time because I'm doing that, you know, when I'm waiting around to go into the rink or I'm, you know, sitting at home for a few minutes in between things. So it's a good way. I'm kind of addicted to it at this point. Yeah, It's kind of scary, but it's just part of my daily life now. And and we take pride of, you know, having that customer service. And and I take pride on being available to anyone at any time. I mean, a lot of people will Facebook message me, you know, personally and be like, hey, it's, you know, 12 o'clock at night. Sorry, I I forgot. I'm on a different time zone as you, but here's my question and I'll instantly answer. So I'm always available. I take pride in whether it's a pro or, you know, a a guy that I play against in beer league, I'll, I'll answer any message at any time. And, and that's just how, you know, we treat our customers. So it's definitely got busier and even, you know, my pro job has gotten busier, you know, because, when I started, all I had was Ray Emery and, and Halak. And now we have, like, 12 NHL guys, you know, a bunch of guys in the minors, yeah. a lot of guys overseas. In Russia, we're really hot right now. A lot of KHL guys. Um, so it's, it's great. But in, in social media plays a factor into the pro stuff, too. Like, for example, um, Alexander Georgiev, the, the Rangers goalie, who just stopped 55 shots. Uh, on his birthday the other day, yeah. Um, he's one of those guys that I saw his Instagram page, AG Hockey, and I just direct messaged him and said, "Hey, um, we'd love to build you a set of Brian's. I think they'd work really well for you. Are you interested?" And he wrote right back and said, "Yeah." And we made him a set over the summer, and he fell in love with the stuff. and And he's one of our our new goalies this year. So, so is that uh, is
1: that how you're going after guys now? I mean, do you still have to go to high schools and and you know, hockey tournaments and try to try to it, hook it, you guys?
0: Yeah. It all depends. Like uh for a lot of the you know, anything under college, we have uh a few other retail reps like Brad Johnson who's um located about a half hour away from me. We have Kelly out east. And and they do more of that stuff. I would say like the prep level, the high school level and triple A and all that. Um, myself, I I do a lot of college visits, so, you know, starting March, April, May, we'll do, you know, visit a lot of schools, um, but for the pro guys, I think I do it a little bit differently than the other pro reps, you know, I'm not CCM, I'm not Bauer, so we're not a big player brand, you know, I'm not like Vaughn, who's been in the locker rooms for 20 years, and just locker room guys, you know, a lot of my stuff, it is, you know, trying to be efficient, trying to not have to fly all over and it works really well. So in the nice thing of being a growing brand in terms of popularity and stuff is, you know, compared to, you know, eight years ago, I was begging guys to try this stuff. Now our brand is legitimized. Guys see it. They like what we're making. They see their goalie partners using it. So guys like Anders Nilsson reached out to me and said, Hey, I, I'm very interested in Brian. um, you know, Can can I try some, you know, gear? And he fell in love with it as well. So, you know, the the task isn't as difficult for me as I'd say it would be for you know you ten years ago. Yeah, it was hard. The brand is legitimized; it does have that cool factor now. So, it's a lot easier for me than when I started. It was a really a big uphill battle. Where, you know, now we're at a level that we're comfortable. We don't really need any more guys. We have enough to legitimize us and. And really, if we added a few more guys, it almost, you know, put our production levels at stake and all that. So we're really happy with where we're at in terms of that stuff. And, you know, the the biggest challenge for us has always been we're not in, like, a lot of the junior leagues. So, um, like the OHL, any of the CHL, like the Quebec leagues, so on and so forth, we're not licensed in there. And we've been trying to get in for almost the entire time I've been with Brian's, but they just won't open it up. It's only the brands that are in there right now, and, yeah. and they won't open it up to any new guys. So it's tough. You know, you see these guys like, say, Carter Hart, who played in the WHL. He only had exposure to Vaughn, CCM, or Bowers. And they'll get a guy, CCM will sign him right out of, uh, out of uh, the WHL as he goes pro and sign him to a deal, you know. And, and that's where I can't even, you know, reach out to these guys at that point, point. And, and, you know, they have no exposure to Brian, so um, that's where it's a challenge is getting a lot of these younger guys that you know, can't even wear the gear
1: So, so what what are the um, rules now in these leagues? Because, obviously you have to have the license to be in the league and, and in the past they could black out gear like if you had a an awesome triple A goalie that comes into the dub they're going to let him wear whatever he wants to wear, you just couldn't put your logo on it anymore and at and I know at the time, it, the fee wasn't that much, and the NHL fee, I heard, well, when I was repping, the NHL fee was like 7500 bucks per product, but I've heard it's skyrocketed since then.
0: Yeah, I think all the fees have. So the CHL fee for the junior hockey is actually like six figures now, which is crazy. Ugh. And um, yeah, they just won't open it up and. We've tried to make, you know, blanked out gear, no logos, and the other brands, since they're paying so much to get that exposure, they just put up a tizzy. So it's near impossible to get a guy to wear a gear in the CHL with no logos. For other leagues like uh, the USHL, which is obviously the biggest junior league, you know, in the, in the US, we've I uh, made a lot of gear for those guys with no logos and it's no issue really it's if the equipment manager you know is okay with it, um, right. it it's it's fine because I it, you know the exposure fees for, for that is minimal compared to the CHL so that's that's the big difference there and then for IAHF, which is you know the Olympics and any international tournament um, us and Vaughn any Goalie only brand isn't, isn't going to pay for just a couple guys for big Buku bucks when you know everyone can really recognize the gear anyways and right. and all that. So for us, you know, people don't get it. Like you know, say twenty five thousand dollars for licensing, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of goalie pads that you have to sell. And with the power of social media and being able to put pictures of the goalies up anyways, you really don't need those logos on there especially with how, you know, distinct every brand's graphics are and and all that. You know, it's it's not that needed. You're not going to make that money up um, paying those fees. That's the bottom line. Um, Really, I think the only fee that you have to pay is the NHL fee, which has skyrocketed. And and the only part of that we don't pay is the stick fee. And you'll see, you know, Colin Delia um, for the Blackhawks is using our stick, um, which in the AHL he can use with the logos. In the NHL, he cannot. So they caught on like five games into him playing right before the Winter Classic, and he had a blanket out, so it's all blacked out now. Mm. Um, So we're not going to pay the fee for one guy. So you're saying, you know, you know, again, like twenty five grand or so just for the stick, and we have one guy. We don't have many sticks in stores because. The stores want to buy the player brand sticks that you know you see in the NHL, and right. and they leverage that into the skate deals and all that. So we're not we're more focused on the protective gear. Our sticks are great, but we're not going to pay all that money. I mean, Vaughn paid it for three years, and they've recently stopped because they were losing money on the deal. They weren't selling the sticks at retail, and the you know they were getting a couple guys to use it in pro, but those guys are phasing out the other brands because you know what for a player brand the goalie stick is the biggest billboard on the ice
1: Yep. So yep, you
0: yep. see a warrior logo on a stick you see a ccm stick that's a big logo and it's pumping the player brand so don't be naive to think that brands like warrior who don't pay the nhl fee for goalie equipment aren't paying guys big bucks to use their goalie stick which is kind of ironic and funny but that shows how you know they want to market their name and for the player stuff i mean they're owned by new balance you know they right it's always shoe money, money and, it's always shoe money yeah right. so yeah i mean they're marketers so the you know i i get a laugh at all these you know i'm not going to knock any brands or anything but it's you know more than just you know the exposure fee you know that these guys are worried about so but yeah i mean it, the, these fees are huge and and we're a mom and pop little company. We're not corporate owned and for us the, those fees are big you know bullet to bite but right. at the same token, you know to have true legitimacy. and I, I see it like when I first started compared to now, you really do need either a bunch of CHL you know OHL style goalies, or you need some NHL, and without that, it's it's a uphill battle for sure.
1: So. Well, and it's it's crazy because, and I don't know if a lot of people really understand what we're talking about, but uh, in order for any of your logos to be like, if you if you make goalie equipment and that doesn't include the stick, and you want your logos on it, you have to pay twenty five grand to the NHL, and if you want your stick, then you have to pay another twenty five grand. That's crazy. And the helmets different too. So if you if you make a helmet or a mask, that's another twenty five grand. And that's, I mean, if you're only making a few hundred bucks per kid that you sell the product to and you got to pay for all your overhead, now you got to pay, you know, all of a sudden you got another hundred grand on your overhead just to have your logos in the NHL. It just adds up so quick. But, so when I was working for Brian's, I was also working for uh, a smaller stick company called Innovative. (laughs) And we had a side company called Trelage, which was a, a unique stick. And we would throw money at the NHL every year and get a few players, and the stick was growing. And then we got kind of blocked out of the NHL. The big companies kind of got together and raised the fees. It's almost like those companies, like the companies raised the fees themselves mm-hmm. and kind of yeah. convinced the NHL to do it to block out the mom and pop companies that were gaining momentum. And then we started doing the AHL, and then the AHL did the craziest thing AHL and ECHL they did an exclusive deal with Reebok. yeah. So that, blo- that blocks out everything. The gloves, like you can get away with oh, skates, geez. but you were only allowed for the AHL. So you've got first round draft picks. You were only allowed three guys per team that were exempt from the deal. Everybody else had to be in Reebok or CCM now. Right. And for us at Innovative, that killed us. And that's when Warrior came in and bought out, which is New Balance Shoes. Warrior came in and bought out the whole company that I worked for. Because we were, they were, we were in a spot where we we couldn't grow because we didn't have the money to grow. At one point, we had every Detroit Red Wing using our stick. Every wow, Red yeah, Wing. I
0: remember. I, I was a local guy. I, I remember it. was huge over here. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. We had. I mean, the reps were going nuts. And I started with the trillage At one point, I had either I had half. So I had the Atlanta Thrashers and I had the the Dallas Stars. I had half those guys in the minors using either innovative or trollage, And then all the, the next season we had zero because we weren't allowed in that league anymore. Yeah. So how are you going to get a guy going to the NHL if you can't get him when he's in the minors? And that's when they, honestly, they, start, they said, all right, well, we're going to send you, that's the first time I ever had the checkbook. And you go into an NHL locker room and you find a guy, well, you know, whoever it is, it'll use your stick. Right. I still and have my Innovative stick, I think, somewhere. Yeah. Well, they were, like, the first <laughs> ones to make. I mean, they were the first ones to make aluminum. They were the first ones to do the carbon fiber. Yeah. And then that Trelage stick was crazy awesome. Everybody thought it was a gimmick. But I would sh- I'd do the college shows, Chris, like you're talking about. I would show up with a radar detector. And I, I remember Travis Zajac, his first year at North Dakota, I said, all right, take these sticks out there. Because I had Parisi. I had Zach Parisi using it. And I'm I would take. i like, go ahead, take them out there, shoot any other stick you have, and then shoot ours and see which one shoots harder. And that trilage was blowing everything else away. It was adding 5 to 15 miles an hour on everybody's shot. Wow. It was crazy. Wow. That's awesome. But it got bought out and buried. <laughs> so, yep. And uh, the guy that owned Blackberry, I think, bought that that part of the stick and then just sells it in Toronto or whatever. I have no I have no idea what happened to it. But anyway, it's just crazy because it's you think that you can use whatever equipment you want if you're a first-round draft pick and you get sent in the minors and you can't.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah, it's weird how much stuff goes on behind the scenes, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and a lot now, is, you know, I think, you know, more than you keep referring to the checkbook and all that, now, you know, all these agents, you know, they're so money-hungry, and just part of the deal for them is a marketing, you know, part of the business. So every big sports agency has a marketing department, and it's almost like a side rep for all these reps right. or all right. rep for all these players. So, you know now a lot of almost every starting goalie in the NHL you know the agents are instantly coming up to you so on top of these you know $100,000 exposure fees on top of my salary on top of our traveling budget you also have to pay a few of these guys and and there's just no ways around it right and people have this stigma thinking that you know so-and-so brand and this brand and us and everyone doesn't pay listen everyone's paying it's just part of the thing now I have a lot of guys, you know, that are just wearing the gear because they love it, but, you know, their agents aren't as involved or, you know, and the guys understand the situation and help me out. But more and more you're seeing these agents come right when the guys are trying the gear and say, hey, we want this amount of money and yeah. for, you know, a two-year deal or so, and, and that's how it goes. So there's a lot of that behind the scenes that, You know, people don't realize, and and that's a challenge because, you know, it just like how you said, the brands are raising the exposure fees; they also raise the endorsement fees. Trying to, you know, some of these offers and everything, like, you know, I I am blown away by because, you know, it's just you're never going to recoup that on these guys, you know. And but they do it because of ego and you know wanting to have all the guys. I mean. I'll be honest. I, I was on a phone call with Carey Price's agent, you know, last summer, and he said, "Hey, if you, you know, if you want to talk to him, it's going to be, you know, this amount of money, you know, off or you know, even to get your foot in the door." And I mean, it was a, a, a number that would put us basically <laughs> in the hole for the season. And you know, having a guy like Carey Price, I mean, he's one of the very few goalies that actually, you know, moves goalie pads. He's a great marketing tool. But, you know, to gas everything else that we have going and pretty much light it on fire just for him, it's just, it will not be worth it to us, and that's not how we look at the sport or how we market the brand. So, uh, you know, it's an an unfortunate part, and that's where it's a big challenge for me is we are a little guy, you know, and that's going to be my biggest part of the battle in every fight is, you know, the dollar and, and all that, so... But we try our best in where we, you know, succeed as best customer service and being able to do whatever you want graphics-wise and all that. And, and those the, get pretty fun. Guys.
1: Those Some of the stuff you guys yeah. post that, that people put up, man, that's that's unreal.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the pro guys even, you know, you think that they don't have, you know, any interest or time in this. I mean, so many of the guys, like Garrett Sparks spends like six <laughs> hours coloring his custom graphic in with coloring pencils and Huh. Georgiev just made his latest graphic on his iPad, and and uh, I've had guys draw stuff on napkins and all this stuff. So they have a sense of pride in it, you know. Like right. they're wearing it. It's almost like you know a tattoo on their body. That's you know their you know individualness, like shown well, on it's their, their identity it's on the like ice. Yeah, it's their yeah, identity. It's their identity so. Your equipment so definitely becomes cool, your identity. And they have fun with it you know darlings always had fun with all these guys they they really enjoy that stuff so and a lot of them hang up the gear in their man caves or whatever once they're done with it so yeah. um you would be blown away by the collections guys like halak and and darling have not only their gear but other gear that's a stinky man, man cave. Cave. <laughs>
1: all right so you you mentioned the fast straps and it's so amazing now to show up to a rink like i get a last minute phone call hey can you sub in and i show up to the rink, the game starts, you know, the Zamboni's already on the ice, and the goalie typically takes forever to get dressed. But now I, you know, I Velcro everything on, and then I have those BOA tighteners in my gloves, so I just tighten those things down, and I go on the, and I'm, I, I can get dressed in like seven minutes now. So we've got, are, the pads have the Gen Pro or, or, you know, this. tell me what the slide stuff's called again. The, Primo. Primo, yeah. Right, so you, you've got Primo... In the slide channels or in the inside channels, and you've got the what, what's next? I mean, do you see more innovation coming? What are you allowed to say? What you're working on now, or do you have something that's coming out in the next set?
0: Uh, it's tough to say, you know. I don't, I don't want to divulge too much info. I mean, but there is you know, something what, big
1: like that. You are making. I
0: mean, we're always trying to push the envelope. I mean, next season we'll have an optic two. Right now we have the genetic four that's really hot. I really think it's the best product on the market, just finally have everything just how I personally want it. But I see everyone, you know, saying how good the glove feels, so game ready. Yeah. You know, has the BOA dials on it, which I think the BOA was a big game changer. Yeah, I love those sense. things. They're unreal. Yeah. I mean, it's you can crank it up. It doesn't get loose. I mean, my biggest pet peeve, you know, with Brian's gloves, you know, back in the day, whereas I was always cranking that catch glove to get yep. tighter and it keeps loosening up on me. I mean, literally, you don't have to touch the dials, and and Bo is making huge headway in every sports industry, golf, extreme sports, everything. So, um, to have them partner with us and be the exclusive has been awesome on our gloves and the Primo. You're seeing other brands, you know, replicate, you know, trying to replicate our sliding yeah, stuff. Yeah, I saw
1: and one of those posts you know, the other pad- day that you chirped in on the
0: pad. The the pad moves so well, you know, it's yeah. so quick, and, and that's that's like what the trend has been as every brand is trying to have the hardest rebounds, the best slide, the most game ready glove, you know, like just the best of everything. And every brand is doing a pretty good job right now, where I think that, you know, rewind six years ago, you just had brands coming up with a third, a fourth, a fifth of a a line. And really there was no difference. Yeah. They just changed the stripes. Yeah. Yeah. and, And, you know, there was brands that were sitting on, you know, Doing nothing, and now they are trying to push, and it makes us push even harder. So, um, yeah, like right now we're in the middle of working for next season. We don't work two years out like a lot do because we're making this stuff domestically. So, a lot of brands, they're actually working on their 2020 line right now, where uh-huh. we have an advantage. We work on our 2019 right now, but also our gear will come out in the fall. So, when you start seeing the pro guys wearing the gear and, you know, training camp in September, the, you know, the regular Joe can buy the gear on October 31st or, you know, November 1, which is unique because like say CCM, a guy's been wearing the, you know, the um, the latest premier pad all season long in the NHL and you still can't, or the, the E-Flex, you still can't buy that in stores right now. So the E-Flex 4 pad you know, will be available in April. Same thing for Bauer and
1: Vaughn.
0: So we have a unique thing where we get out, you know, six to eight months early compared to the competitors. And we're also, you know, waiting later to work on the, the, the new product. So now we've had time to hear everyone's thoughts on the genetic and how it compares the optic. And now we're working on the optic too as we speak
1: so. all right well I'm excited about it, and I'm telling you i've got like eleven followers, so like if i if a free set of pads <laughs> came my way like somebody would somebody would see it <laughs> no I'm oh, just kidding wow. listen man I, I in my mind, you guys do god's work I, and, well, and we're we, ex, we're excited we're excited to see what you guys come out with and i I really did I wanted a behind the scenes look at what's going on in the goalie world, and I think you gave us that oh, yeah. I think we did I learned a lot I think we kind of turned it into a brian's plug the whole time but that's, that's awesome. yeah, I'm, fi- I'm, I'm fine with that I too, that too much. i know we're all a little biased <laughs> yeah but, you know, and i
0: every brand has good stuff going on, but,
1: right right yeah. and maybe i'll i'll track down somebody else uh mike mole who has already been on the show he worked for reebok for a while we can have him back on yeah, he, we'll he, let him rebut he Brian, he, oh yeah he that's right Brian,
0: <laughs> he's one of my good buddies yeah he's a great guy he's he's the guy, guy
1: i felt bad because <laughs> when i was on the grizzlies for two months i literally backed him up for 16 straight games and ne- I never played a minute he had a right. don't he, get hurt like you're going mike you're just going first and him and then a guy named Rob McVicker. like there were two different That's times great. where the grizzlies just didn't want to bring up another goalie cuz they were rehabbing a guy and they're like jay you're just in there and our our starters just starting everything no nights off it doesn't matter if we had a wednesday friday saturday they got them all and i just had a good seat right, <laughs> right. Uh, so Chris, man, it's, it's awesome, man. It's, it's, it's fun to hear everything that's going on. We're excited to see what's next. And uh, I think what would be cool is to have you on and have, um, you know, I'm still good friends with the guys over at Warrior, and I'd love to just get everybody on and talk about just equipment and what's going on and how. I'd like to know how you design stuff. So we'll have to get into that. and, and figure, I mean, I know you're drawing the stuff up and, and having your childhood fun with that, but I want to hear that. Like, we get, we got to get Rio on too. He's always fun to listen to.
0: Yeah, anytime. Whenever you guys want us, you, you pick the the date and the time, and we'll we'll be on the podcast for sure. So All right, perfect. we would love to be on anytime. So perfect. Well, we like talking about that stuff. Yeah, no,
1: it's been awesome, man. You've been enthusiastic, and you've been a great guest. And uh, that's going to wrap it up. For anybody that has not subscribed to this podcast, it's super simple. Uh, you just text the word "puck" to five seven five hundred, and then bam, you're in. It's free. And then if you, if you can't do that, if that's, if that's not the way you want to do it, just go to kslsports.com mm-hmm. and uh, look at podcasts. We're right there. We have all kinds of cool things coming up on kslsports.com, too, I just found out about. And in fact, Gary and I are probably going to be streaming a couple live games here. We're hoping oh. to be streaming from the high school state championships yep. here in Utah and uh, maybe doing some other stuff, too. Yeah, that would be awesome. Possibilities are endless on the website. <laughs> so anyway, for Gary Michaels, I'm Jay Stevens, and that was the Utah Puck Report.